0: Thanks David. Well good morning. Um, It's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, As my friend Doug Bridge always says there's no better day of the week than Sunday mornings gathering together. I want to open this morning with a disclaimer okay. Uh, I don't teach all the time so I'm gonna start with a disclaimer and this is it. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'll say something this morning that won't come out quite how I intended it. And I'm just as sure that you all will hear something this morning that wasn't quite what I said, okay? So that's my disclaimer. You know, we all come here with, uh, with pre-existing filters and, and biases. And last Sunday, Jim did a, a survey, and usually we rarely do surveys and ask people to raise their hands, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but he, he asked the question, do you believe that this world we live in is messed up and and in the back, I watched almost everybody raise their hands at that question, and so I would extend the survey to say this, and i don 't expect you to raise your hand, but um, if we 're honest, would most of us agree that we 're also messed up? I know that I would raise my hand at that, so all i 'm saying is let 's extend. In every circumstance in life as we're gathered together with the body of Christ, let's extend some grace to one another. Do we, is that as an agreement that we can make this morning? Let me pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Father, that, that your desire today is that each one of us here today would hear from you and that we would leave this place with a better understanding of how much you love us and what your desires are for us. Give us ears to hear this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. A little review. Uh, This, I believe, is the fourth week in this study. And over the last three weeks, we looked at uh, the series title being Filled, Complete, and Whole. And by the way, the title today is Because of Treasures Found. And over the the past three weeks, we looked at uh, Filled, Complete, and Whole Because Jesus Rescued Me, Because of the Supremacy of Christ, And because of this mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We saw in those studies that all things were created by Jesus, that he's the fullness of God, and that we are complete in him. So again, today's title, filled, complete, and whole because of treasures found. And as I like to do always, I'm going to open with a joke, okay? And not because I want you to laugh, but because it relieves my tension when I tell this joke, because I'm going to laugh, so... Uh, Join in if you like. And this is is a, a joke about treasure, and since that's the title. It's called Buried Treasure. Years ago, the story goes, a wealthy family hired a private investigator to track down a thief who'd stolen their family treasures. The search led to Mexico. The investigator crossed the border and then, realizing he would need a Spanish interpreter, opened up the telephone book and hired the first interpreter listed in the yellow pages. After many days, he finally captured the thief and, through the interpreter, asked him, Where did you hide the treasure? In Spanish, the thief replied, What treasure? I have no idea what you're talking about. With that, the investigator drew his pistol, pointed it at the suspect, and said to the interpreter, Tell him that if he doesn't tell me where the treasure is, I will shoot him where he stands. Upon receiving this message, the thief said to the interpreter, Senor, I've hidden the treasure in a coffee can under the fourth floorboard in the second floor men's room of the Placio Hotel on Via Del in La Paz. What did he say? The investigator asked the interpreter. Señor, said the interpreter as he thought for a moment, he says he's prepared to die like a man. (laughs) So with that out of the way, (laughs) this morning we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 and again with the thought filled, complete, and whole because of the treasures Found And I'm going to be using the Amplified Bible, which is uh, I don't normally use when I teach, but I like the way that these verses read in the Amplified Bible. So I'm going to read those first five verses. Again, this is from the Amplified Bible. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those believers at Laodicea and for all who, like yourselves, have never seen me face to face. For my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love, So that they may have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God that is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and purposes of God. I say this so that no one will deceive you with persuasive but thoroughly deceptive arguments for even though I'm absent from you in body nevertheless I'm with you in spirit delighted to see your good discipline as you stand shoulder to shoulder and form a solid front, and to see the stability of your faith in Christ, your steadfast reliance on Him, and your unwavering confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. Here's a quote I want to begin with, and if you hear nothing else today, hear this. What you believe about Christ makes all the difference in the world, both now and for all eternity what you believe about Christ makes all the difference in the world, both now and for all of eternity. So Paul opens this section in speaking how he was struggling, how he was agonizing over the church. Verse one says, I want you to know how much I've agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. So We have to ask the question, why was Paul struggling? Why was he agonizing over the church? Well, verse 4 answers that, and it says, I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Heresy had creeped into the church. People were being deceived and led away from the faith uh, and were confused because of the heresy, and it broke Paul's heart. And it broke Paul's heart because it breaks God's heart when his people are deceived when their treasures are being covered over through persuasive and fine-sounding arguments. Now, I'm certainly not a Paul, but I do have a pastor's heart, and I have, too, agonized. I've shed many tears over many people, even over very, very close friends who have allowed the hot buttons of this time in our culture to cover up and to bury the treasures that they have in Christ Jesus. It grieves the heart of God. It grieves my heart. And it should grieve your heart. A good friend of mine uh, who's also in the ministry, who also has a pastor's heart, uh, shared a quote with me. and I'm going to paraphrase his quote. I'm not going to read the whole quote, but I'm going to paraphrase the quote. He says this, If believers were to expend the time and the passion that they do on hot-button topics, instead of on reaching the lost world for Jesus and growing in his grace and mercy, there could possibly be a revival like nothing we've ever seen in our lifetime. That's kind of a sad... A sad statement in a way because we see God's people, believers who are deceived, who are derailed, who are divided, their treasures are covered over and sometimes even buried because of fine-sounding arguments. That's how one of the translations reads on that part. So again, we looked in one of our last studies at Colossians 2.13 that says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. If you're here this morning and you're in relationship with Christ, you positionally, legally, spiritually, legally, positionally, you have been rescued. You have been delivered. You are filled, whole, and complete. But we must appropriate those treasures we must live and walk in those treasures we must have those things happening in our life and not allow those deceptive arguments and the troubles and the cares of this world to cover over and bury the treasures that we have in Christ Jesus so let's dig in if you're if you're a note taker on your outline we're going to look at at three of the treasures found that we see in these verses and the first one is being strong in heart being strong in heart. Again, verse 2 says, For my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love. Paul's exhortation, his encouragement to the church at Colossae, and the same encouragement to us today, is that our hearts may be encouraged. And that Greek word is parakaleo. And in this context, what that means is that it means that we have strengthened hearts and minds. And, and strong hearts and minds result in a powerful Christian life. When we are strengthened and encouraged by God's Spirit, Christ will dwell in our hearts. We will be rooted and grounded in love. We will have, we will know and have complete confidence in the love of Christ. And we will be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what this verse is, these verses are talking about. Then Christ through us will able be able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think, Paul tells us in Ephesians 3. That's the first treasure. And these three treasures build on one another. The second treasure is this, being united in love. Some of the translations says we are being knit together in love. And again, positionally, who we are as God's people, we are one in Christ Jesus. Knit together means that that we're united together. We've been brought together. uh, And this helps define that strengthened heart, uh, that strengthened heart that's filled with God's unselfish love. And as believers, the reason that we're united together as believers, uh, we have a common life together with God's love as its basis. We possess the same eternal life, I don't care what flavor of Christian you call yourself. We possess the same eternal life. We all come to Christ the same way, and we are all placed in Christ's body by the same spirit. The church's unity is not organizational. We're not talking about organizational unity. We're talking about an organic unity, a body of believers. Believers are all one in Christ Jesus. Francis Schaeffer uh, quotes, and speaking of, of it, it's, his, this quote comes from uh, John chapter 17 in Jesus' prayer right before he went to the cross where he talks so much about unity, Father, that they may be one as you and I are one. And Francis Schaeffer says this, we cannot expect the world to believe that the Father sent the Son, that Jesus' claims are true, and that Christianity is true unless the world sees some reality of the oneness of true Christians the oneness of true Christians. And by the way, loving someone is not defined by simply having warm feelings towards them, but instead in meeting needs. The last time you made a sacrifice for someone, the last time you served someone, was really the last time you loved him or her. Love is first in action, then the emotions follow. And the strengthened heart is a humble heart that has learned to lay aside our own wants, and desires to serve someone else and to love someone else unselfishly. Again, the unity part, some people wrinkle at the unity part. Well, I don't have to agree with everything that you think or say, and I agree 100%. You don't have to agree with everything that I say, but we're called to love one another and to share life with one another. And again, not to agree on every single thing in life, but unity around the core gospel message, and the fruit of that message, by the way, is loving one another as Christ loves the church. So the first treasure being strong in heart, second being united in love, and the third treasure is having confidence in understanding. Paul's desire for the Colossian church was that they would experience all the wealth, all the riches that come from a full assurance uh, in understanding. Without that assurance, a believer cannot in any way enjoy the blessings, the riches that are theirs in Christ Jesus. How could you look forward, for instance, how could you look forward to the hope of heaven, the blessings of the hope of heaven, if you're insecure and not confident in that you're going to end up there, that you're not going to go there? How could you even have the confidence to think you could get through the next trial in life? without that confidence, without that assurance of understanding. Again, verse 2 says, So that they may have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding, the joy of salvation, resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God that is Christ. And what is understanding? Understanding refers to appropriating the truth and the promises of Scripture to everyday life. Let me read that again. Understanding refers to appropriating or putting into practice the truth and the promises of Scripture to everyday life. Understanding is not a head knowledge of, well, I understand that. It's understanding it and doing it. It's walking in those things that you Understand, And this is only possible, and these verses talk about the reason that it's possible. It's only possible because we have God's mystery, who is Christ Jesus, revealed to us. And we have his spirit residing in us, making it possible not just to know the truth, but to live the truth. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's the one that strengthens us. Knowing Christ as the mystery, he makes it possible for us to have full understanding and deliver live the truth. And when we experience these, these truths and we live out these truths, it's then that we grow in our understanding that leads to the full assurance of our blessing in our relationship with Christ in eternal life, okay? Again, if we doubt or are insecure in our relationship with Christ and our salvation, it's usually not because of a lack of knowledge. But instead, it's usually because the lack of appropriating that knowledge, of walking in that knowledge. Okay? It's not usually because we don't understand. It's because we choose not to do what we already understand. Truth that finds solid footing in a strong and encouraged heart works itself out in the love of fellow believers and results in a deep conviction in our lives the foundation again of the full assurance of understanding is the knowledge of god's mystery christ himself and at the heart at the center of this understanding we need to have and this in my mind uh, is the general overall theme of of the whole book of colossians we need to have a settled conviction in our hearts about christ's deity and his all-sufficiency He is all-sufficient. He's who he said he was. He's God himself in the flesh, a full revelation of God in the flesh. So again, in Christ himself, the hidden God was manifested to mankind. He is the full, the complete, and the final revelation of who God is. When Peter, I love Peter and the way he expresses himself, and I'll paraphrase it a little bit, but I'll, I'll follow it with the verse so you'll know what it really says. But in 1 Peter 1, chapter 12, talking about the mystery of the gospel, Peter said, even the angels say, what? What? you got to be kidding me. And the verse says, and now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things to happen. Even the, those created angelic beings were, were going like, what? Really? That is crazy stuff that's happening here. So so we need to understand, we've been given the mystery, we've been given the the understanding to know what God's mystery is in Christ Jesus. The heresies and the struggles that plagued the Colossian church are the same heresies and the same struggles today. And I believe they'll be the same struggles and the heresy uh, tomorrow, both inside and outside the church if you look at any wrong teaching, if you look at uh, many other religions in the world, generally, this is a broad brushstroke statement, generally, they're, it's heresy because they're not confessing the same Christ that we're looking at here today. They're talking about a different Jesus or they're talking about Jesus and something else. They're talking about that Jesus isn't all sufficient you have to add some stuff to it. So, those same things have been going on since day one. Since the guard, did God really say? Questioning and doubting and twisting and turning. So, uh, the denial, the twisting, the misrepresent, misrepresentation of who Christ is and his all sufficiency for mankind's redemption and his plan for abundant life in this world and for all. Eternity, that's God's plan. And the enemy, the enemy of our soul will bring deceptions, he'll bring doubts, and he'll bring division. And of all those things, the saddest thing for me is the enemy using God's people to sow discord in the body of Christ, bringing disunity. That's sad, and I certainly didn't come today, or my intention today is to encourage you not to, 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 uh, to heap coals of, of condemnation, which I can't on you anyway, but to, to, to say some really heavy stuff. But, boy, examine your hearts. Don't allow yourself to ever slip into a position of sowing discord in the body of Christ. Christ loves his church. He loves his people, the Bible tells us that He hates discord in the body of Christ. First Timothy three sixteen was thought to be a first century hymn, and uh, I believe they they sung this hymn or recited this hymn. I don't know what the tune is, or I'd sing it for you. Plus, I can't sing, so that wouldn't be helpful. Uh, but the reason that they the reason that they use this is I think it reminded them of of who Jesus is and his all-sufficiency. And they did that, I believe, to combat the schemes of the deceiver, just like we need to do in our life. We need to continually be in God's word, continually to remind ourselves who God is, continuing to be in fellowship, continuing to be in community with other believers. Those are things that we need to do to help combat the schemes of the deceiver. That says great and important and weighty, we confess, is the hidden truth, the mystery of godliness, God was made visible in human flesh, justified and vindicated by the Holy Spirit, was seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. So moving on to the the fifth verse in this section, and in this fifth verse, Paul really concludes this little, this little thought process, and he rejoices over his delight that the believers had found the treasures and they were actively applying those treasures in their lives. And that says to see your good discipline as you stand And Let me back up. Listen to these words, and listen to how these words kind of wrap up those three treasures. To see your good discipline as you stand shoulder to shoulder and form a solid front... That's unity, okay? And to see the stability of your faith in Christ, your steadfast reliance on Him, and your unwavering confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. That's the victorious Christian life. That's abundant life when you have those things. I'm going to read that one more time. To see your good discipline as you stand shoulder to shoulder and form a solid front, and to see the stability of your faith in Christ. Where did I lose my place here? Oh, your steadfast reliance on Him and your unwavering confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. Again, if you're here this morning and you're in relationship with Christ, positionally, you have been rescued, you have been delivered. We are filled, whole, and complete, but we must appropriate those treasures in our lives and not allow deceptive arguments, not allow the troubles and cares of this world to cover over and bury the treasures that we have in our Lord Christ Jesus. And so how do we keep our focus on the treasure? How do we... How do we hold tightly to it? Well, there's, there's many, many, many ways that Scripture encourages us to do that. It tells us to set our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith in the book of Hebrews, to set our eyes on him, to keep our focus on him. We're told to put off the old man, the old fleshly nature, and put on the new man. Scripture tells us that we're new creations in Christ Jesus. It tells us to set our mind on things above Okay? Not on things of this world, but on on the things above. It tells us that we should surround ourselves with a community of believers that strengthen us and encourage us. We should be in that community of believers, there should be unselfish love being shown one to another. We should care for one another and we should be accountable to one another. Christ's body, the church together, Seeking him in his word to grow in our understanding of who he is and what his desires are for us. This, those things, those are our safeguards. Those are our protection from those deceptive arguments. Those things are the anchor that binds us to Christ first and binds us to one another second. As I was doing this study um, So, as I was doing this study, I reflected on some men in my life, um, one of which was a pastor, um, who fell, who fell into sin, who fell into moral failure. And when it's always easier to see looking back, and when I look back, all of these things that I just talked about, especially the community part, they had distanced themselves from, and they continued to distance themselves from those things. And I believe the enemy crept in and buried those treasures. And I think they succumbed to those deceptive arguments, the schemes, uh, the fiery darts of the enemy, and they fell because of that. So we have to safeguard ourselves in that. We're going to sh- show a short video here in a minute, but I want to set it up a little bit. Uh, the British writer, C.S. Lewis, uh, most of you are probably familiar. He's an author of a multitude of Christian literature such as the Chronicles of Narnia, Mere Christianity, and the Screwtape Letters. He, he, he's written a ton of books. He wrote a letter a couple months before he died to an eight-year-old girl named Ruth. Okay? And, and I, I, you probably heard me say this before. I think when people write stuff right close to their death or even on their deathbed, it's because it's important. You know, uh, it's important kind of stuff. And and he wrote, he wrote the letter, and in the brief letter, he mentions the hidden story in the Narnia books and his appreciation that she discovered the mystery, okay? And he certainly, C.S. Lewis certainly understood that having a correct concept of who Jesus is and walking and living in that knowledge brings the abundant life. And he also felt that if he could if an eight-year-old could grasp the mystery, so I'll 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 be as bold, and if I offend you, I'm sorry, that the mystery of Christ Jesus and who he is is simple enough, it's profound, but it's simple enough for an eight-year-old to understand, okay? And he knew that, that an eight-year-old could grasp that. So let's watch this video. Dear Ruth, many thanks for your kind letter. And it was very good of you to write and tell me that you like my books. And what a very good letter you write for your age. I'm so thankful that you realize the hidden story in the Narnian books. It is odd. Children nearly always do. Grown-ups hardly ever. If you continue to love Jesus, nothing much can go wrong with you. And I hope you may always do so. Sincerely, C.S. Lewis The main reason that I wanted to show you that video and that brief letter is this. The, the, a guy by the name of Lyle Dorsett referenced this letter, and um, in, in, he used this letter in the study of the book of Colossians to read this quote that's long, and it's the quote that we will end with. It goes like this. What you think of Christ, your conception of him is everything. If you believe in Jesus Christ that he is eternal without beginning and without end, that he is always continuing. If you believe that he is the creator of everything, every cosmic speck across trillions of light years of trackless space, the creator of the textures and shapes and colors which daily dazzle your eyes, if you believe that he is the sustainer of all creation, the force which is presently holding the atoms of your body, your town, and this universe together, and that without him all will dissolve, if you believe that he is the mystery, the incarnate reconciler who will one day reconcile the universe and redeem humanity to himself, if you believe that he is the lover of your soul who loves you with a love bounded only by his infinitude, then despite the fact that life will be full of trouble, nothing much will go wrong. Your vision of Christ will quicken and shape your life. What you believe about Christ makes all the difference in the world, both now and in eternity. And how does this knowledge of Christ come? Through brotherly love in the church. Filled, complete, and whole because of treasures found. Being strong in heart, being united in love, and having confidence in understanding. I want to leave you this morning with this challenge. Examine your life. What are you allowing in your life that has buried or maybe just tarnished the treasures that God has provided you in Christ Jesus? Don't allow the enemy of your soul to steal, rob, and destroy your treasures. I'll be bone honest for just a minute here with this. I've been in a season in my life where my treasures were a bit tarnished, and I was allowing the happenings in the world to kind of overwhelm me a little bit with, with, and my focus was not as sharp as it should have been. And I like to call it a dry season, but it was not a fun time. And it was all these things that I talked about today that got me back on and kept me on the correct path of serving the Lord and pleasing Him um, with my life. So again, examine your life and, and ask yourself, what steps do I need to take uh, to move closer to having that unwavering confidence in God's power, in his wisdom, and in his goodness? Today's a really good day to start. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we're thankful that you are all sufficient. We're thankful, Father, that you... Uh, that you've done everything for us, that you've made it possible for us to have a a, a right relationship with you, to be filled, to be whole, to be complete in you. Father, help us to keep our sharp focus on you and the things that you desire. Help us to seek you daily. Father, help us to seek relationships where uh, we can be known. Father, that we can... uh, be honest and open about struggles that we're having, having so that people will be able to come alongside us and support us and love us and help us through those difficult times. Lord, we look to you as our strength. We look to you as, uh, as the all-sufficient God and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anything you guys need prayer for after the service, we'll have a prayer team over to this side of the stage, so don't be afraid to go over there and ask them for prayer. And next week another episode out of the book of Colossians.